back to Football Autorca. As promised, we are going to bring you our dot 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 of the decade episode. And for this, we have a full panel again. My name is Kambazit. I am joined by Man of the Law, Burak Seskin. He won't be doing much lawing today, I think, though. Uzer Dinger, Jakub Marafolle, and Umut Nadere. Guys, welcome. And Uzer, welcome back to the show. Burak, welcome back to the show. How was your week last week? I will let Azar go first because it's his birthday today. So I think birth happy birthday, my friend. Um, That's I very th sweet. Thank you very much. I think uh, we will give you the first says. So over to you. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Thank you. It's very kind of you. Gentlemanly move. It is my birthday. I'm chuffed to be here celebrating with you guys in what is a very exciting bonus episode. Um, wish everyone a happy new year. And... May 2020 be full of goals and happiness for all of us. Thank you very much. I much appreciate that. I uh, wish myself uh, lots of uh, Besiktas goals too and a little bit less of those Fenerbahce and Galatasaray goals. <laughs> <laughs> more, more, more. Uh, so, anything exciting going on for you guys? I know Galatasaray have been active on the transfer market already. Um Fenerbahce less so, I think, right? They haven't really done yeah. anything concrete yet. They already transferred two players. Yeah. You bastards. Uh, yeah, Just yeah. Rubbing Henry it in our Onyekuru noses. And our good old Henry Onyekuru and uh, Marcelo Saraki. Or Sarachi. How Sarachi, is this? I think. Sarachi. Yeah. Yeah, the prodigal son returns, Onyekuru. Onyekuru is a great, great move, even though it's just alone. Mm. Uh, but it's yeah, for was... one half season or is it for half a season? No, it's just for half a season. And oh. I was expecting it to be one and a half, yeah. which is Sor a bit disappointing. Sorachi is for one and a half season. That's right. Yeah, That's... I don't know. It's that... a good move for that. Yeah, I'm not familiar with him. I mean, it's a good move. It's it's kind of what we're confined to with financial fair play and all this thing these days. I mean, you can't like a couple of years ago you would have bought him maybe, and then you could have flipped him. Uh, now that's not so much the case. You're just getting a hopefully for you. Like a decent left back for one and a half years, for almost free. Uh, on your Kurodo, he could be important if he can help you to a Champions League spot in the second half of the season. But that does mean a couple of uh, exits probably at Galtrai for the foreigner spots to open up. Ryan Babel, yeah, supposedly. and Zonzi for sure right yeah. now. Yeah, Zonzi, we already knew that that he was leaving because uh, of what happened there. Um, who else is uh, looking on their way out? I think Luindama is going to be uh, moved out of the list because of his injury right now. Mm -hmm. uh, and they say Bubble is going, but... Yeah, Zargo. No, yeah, I was going to say um, Andone too, because he, his injury hasn't really recovered as quickly as we'd hoped. Um, so he might be, his contract might be frozen. And when it comes to Babel, there was a bit of controversy earlier that he removed Galatasaray from his Instagram bio. Yeah, but he's. Um, uh, he's but then he's yeah. since posted another photo of himself in the gym mom jersey. So he's just playing the whole drama. Well, yeah, game. you know why Ryan Babel is on the. On, on, yeah, he, lo he loves himself some social attention. media attention, yeah, yeah. attention seeking hall. attention W. <laughs> well, you know, you know, now you know our pain. Uh, I do, yeah. I do have a hard time. Well, the, the one thing that is kind of in working in Galtrai's favor on the getting Ryan Babel out of the club. Uh, front, so to speak, is that there's just six more months left until the Euros. He is probably going to be a, a, 
one of the starters for the Netherlands at the Euros due to injuries to their main strikers right now. Um, so, even, you know, and Memphis Depay is, is injured. Uh, Daniel Malen is injured. Um, so he's definitely going to be vying for one of those spots uh, up top. So he's going to want to play. So that's probably playing in your advantage. On the other hand, I can't really see him leaving 6 million euros on the table knowing how fond he is of the green stuff. No comments? <laughs> yeah, that's... Well... That's, I that's, think the silence tells a lot, though, yeah. Yeah, that's his, you know, <laughs> reputation around here. Maybe maybe a, maybe a six-month loan spell or something. That I could see that. I, I just can't see him... Unless there's, like, a... Of course, like, there's some rumors that there's, like, interest from, from the Middle East, from Russia. But I... I know for a fact that his experience in the Middle East last time around wasn't so good. Uh, mainly uh, his from his family's side of things. Uh, I know his wife uh, didn't really like it uh, over there. Um, and also, you said that nobody's gonna afford his wage like we do right well, now. Well, the middle in the Middle East, they definitely could. Uh, match that, but I I don't know if that's really an option for him. Uh, China is not gonna be an option because uh, simply, you know, they probably want bigger names and they have limitations now uh, to their foreigners. Um, their wages are capped at three and a half million. So I don't know if they would want to spend one of their, what is it now, three or four foreigner spots. I think they moved it down to three uh, on Warren Babel, to be quite honest. Uh, and then Russia is maybe an option, but I don't know uh, how concrete that would be for him and if they would be willing to match his Galtray wage. Um, two and a half million, you know, he already got the two million up front, so two and a half million a year, that's doable for most Russian clubs, I imagine, but, you know, are they willing to spend that on a 33-year-old? Because, you know, Russian clubs don't mind splashing cash, but they usually don't like to do bad investments. Yeah, another option could be China, but uh, I believe they have now a wage limitation due to the uh, government... Uh, rules now. I, I literally just said that. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, Jakub, anything interesting happening on the Trabzonspor front? Um, you, of course, already signed Badu and Daya on uh, a loan for, is it one and a half years or just six months with an option to buy, right? It's just six months with an option to buy that's like nine. I, I heard people say six, but I'm pretty sure it's nine. Nine million euros. Okay. Anything else? It's actually, it's actually a pretty good deal. His his, his wage isn't that big. That uh, um, that big. Yeah. How much um, was it? One point three five million for half the year, I think. So that is quite big if you add it up for the full season, though. That's almost. Yeah, but I I compared it to what he uh, what he was getting with uh, with Galt's, right? He's he's going to earn one million, and um, like there's a oh okay, a, that's not too a, bad. A manager fee nice of one hundred, a manager fee of one hundred k. And uh, a loan fee of one hundred and fifty thousand mm-hmm. pounds. And last year, Galatasaray paid for a whole season seven hundred fifty thousand euros in loan fee and two point seven million euros net for a year. So it's pretty good, actually. And how old is he now? He must be like twenty-eight. Yeah, yeah, around that. Yeah, around. I don't know. It should be around there, something. Anything else happening on the Trabzon Sport? I know that Trabzon Sport Twitter is going mad about Anderson Talishka, but yeah, they're talking about Talishka, but I'm pretty sure that's not happening because the Bashkan said that just wage-wise, it probably is impossible. And they were talking about a guy called Nedelev, 
um, mm. what, who they were supposed to be getting. Todor Nedelev, who plays at Kiev, I think. I think he plays in Kiev. I don't know for sure. Uh, no, he plays somewhere in the in the Bulgarian league. I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, but um, um, their CEO or something said that they weren't going to sell him, so that's not happening. Um, the thing I wouldn't really understand is Talishka is literally the MVP in the Chinese league. Why would they loan him out for six months? Like he, he's yeah, he, yeah. He, he and also, him. why would he come? Yeah, no, the right. he's the star again, of course. There, you know? What? No, no, he didn't play with Sosa. He never played with Sosa, no. Yeah. <laughs> he came yeah, to replace no. Sosa. Yeah. I don't know. I really don't know. I, 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 I really like him as a player. I think we talked about it last last time we did a podcast. But I, I Where don't would think he even a... fit in? Yeah, it's it's just we, we're way too top-heavy. We need yeah. defenders. It doesn't make sense. I mean, you have Sosa already. You now have Ndaya coming into the midfield there. Abdulkadir Umur is going to come back from injuries. Yusuf Sare has had a really good... Uh, you know, first half of the season, in my opinion, at least. Nwakaeme, Surlov, Sturridge. Where on earth are you going to fit in? Unless Antali- I mean, obviously you'd fit him in there. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. who is he going to replace in the in the, in the first 11? That's, that seems a little bit... I mean, they are saying that a lot of players are leaving. So, mm. Onazi's, Onazi's contract is supposedly yeah, going Donazi, to be... It's not a competition. I mean, there's not even the same position. Yeah, so he's he's going, and uh, there's a big chance that um, Avdijaj is going. Yeah, um, it's not, again, not a starter. That's le- well. No, I know, I know, but yeah. we still need players. You know, if yeah, if, if those guys are going, we still need then you players. want so to get players in their positions like rather than. Uh, yeah, 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 they are talking about uh, what I heard today is they're talking about uh, Ranokia, which seems a little bit too. Um, I don't know. You know? Oh, Ranokia, okay. Yeah, they're, they're he's a bit old now. I'm sorry. He's a little bit old now, isn't he? Yeah, he's he's 31. That's yeah. not that old for a defender. That's good. That's a good age. Um, we, yeah. we 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 do desperately need a defender, so I hope that this one is is, is right. I have I have to be honest. I haven't watched him play for a long time, so I don't know if he's any decent or not. But still. Uh, and. Uh... Burak, what what's happening at Fenerbahce right now? Um, do they still have budget left to make any moves this uh, window? Um, there's nothing concrete. There's still a lot of Twitter rumors, a lot of shit talkers, yeah. um, <laughs> the which you know you you cannot believe. It. Like I say, I, it, yeah, we I happened some... in this. Yep, go ahead. I saw some mention of a defender from Frankfurt or something. I think. Yes, there's a couple of players from the German league, uh, potentially that are being scouted. But uh, uh, then again, these reports are from sites mm. such as places like the usual suspects, Assistanalis. You obviously can't take anything yeah. that fanatic takes seriously. Honestly, have Analys have they gotten one like exclusive right? Like I, since since they started up, like they, they've been going for like two years or something, I think. I honestly, I, they they do exclusives all the time, and I I don't think I've I can't recall a single one that's actually panned out. No, I mean they've tweeted something earlier tonight saying, "Follow us because we have the news of two f- f- transfers that Fenerbahce have finalized." And I think the the biggest news coming out of our break so far is that. Omar Faruk Bears is in the the camp training camp in Antalya, 
and so far that is it. So I'm hoping we get to see him next season, maybe in a few cup games, maybe making a few substitution appearances. Um, touted as a, a, a bit, no big potential, so he's being protected, and I believe he's been shielded from that scumbag of an agent, Jenk Milichiasaju, who has actually blocked me on Twitter because I'm I'm not a fan of him. And rightfully um, so, for bashing him all the time. <laughs> Poor man. Exactly. Trying to get in there He's with his... just doing his job. How, how isn't, is... Isn't, how he is tapping Mary, up? isn't he Mary Demerel's <clears throat> agent? He is. Then he did a pretty uh, good job, I would say. Yeah. He's also the agent of Melich Bostan, who is a 15-year-old child in our youth academy, and he's obviously weaseled his way in there with the family the parents who are probably some some coolers who are very nice people but very subject to being manipulated <laughs> um, by this scumbag agent. So okay. keep him away from Omar Farouk and whatever else he does, he can absolutely go and F himself. Hey, sorry. Khan, what happened to the uh, 15-year-old guy you had in your academy? The Aftandil. Aftandil Doishoof. Yeah, yeah. How? He's, what happened to him? Nothing. He's still in the academy. He's too young to to come yeah. and play in a professional team. I mean, maybe in two years. I'm hopeful. Um, I was very, you know, because I've seen that there's one news that Galatasaray signed the Kosovo Kosovan uh, little guy hmm. no, from an academy. Oh, he's, uh, yes. he's from Kyrgyzstan. What? He's no, from... that, that, there's another guy. Ah, there's no, no, no. The Galatasaray guy is is, is uh, too small too. Like. Uh, Okay. Young, yeah, I actually saw something about that too. Uh, like, uh, but it was the night that Bistich had signed a young Kosovan uh, player, like an 18 year old or something, but that was the night uh, straight away almost. Um, yeah, but you know, we're gonna get a lot of this kind of stuff, and and, and even these like like 15 year old guys moving academy you usually don't even hear about them so that's that, that could actually be true uh but no i i can't really say anything on on those with i mean i i, I hope in a year or two we'll see a little bit more about him uh as as the club supposedly is going to put more of a focus on the youth development but we've heard that before uh as for the well, Mishtesh, um yeah go ahead sorry no i was just gonna say just in the talking of turkish young turkish players um brentford fc have signed Halil Dervishola ah, yeah, yeah. as of three days ago. I think I can't remember if you guys mentioned that it was a possibility in the last show, but they had already uh, agreed yeah, a deal. Um, they had a that, agreed yeah. a, deal in, a deal in August already, but he was staying right. at Sparta for six more months. I don't know what's going to happen with him now if he's going to get loaned out again. Uh, but the deal has indeed been made official, and he has joined uh, Brentford. Yeah, that's a, it's, it's a good it's move for him, I think. Yes, Brantford, who have a Leicester City in the next round of the FA Cup, so it's going to be Halil versus Charlotte. Whoa! Oh, very good. Very good. Turkish battle. <laughs> anyway, uh, quickly, no big news on the Besiktas front. They have, uh, I think, today met with the TFF because they are struggling a little bit with the limitations from the whole. Uh, I think we spoke about this at the beginning of the season. The the deal that the TFF has put in place uh, to quote-unquote, save Turkish football tr by putting all the clubs' debts on the long term. Now, a shocking thing I learned about that amazing plan by the TFF is that the interest rate the clubs will be paying is 31.5%. 31%! I mean, I know the interest rates in Turkey are ridiculously crazy to begin with like they are like the high 20s uh, lower 30s anyway but i would have figured that if the tff was going to save turkish football they would have gotten a proper deal out of it but 31 and a half percent that's ridiculous can you imagine that 
Can you I mean, imagine it's extortionate, go- really? Yeah, I mean, because it's like you say, it's a lot higher than the than the base rate, which is like twenty percent, just under twenty percent. If if here in, in in Belgium, I go and put in a loan for a house, I pay almost zero percent right now. You know, obviously it's a different thing, but the, the the rates in Turkey are ridiculous. It's can you imagine you loan a hundred million euros and you have to pay a hundred and thirty one and a half back? It's I don't absolutely I, ridiculous. I don't know how yeah. exactly that is saving Turkish football. But anyway, so we know that deal. We've spoken about it in the past. All, all the clubs have signed it, I believe. I don't think anyone hasn't signed it. Um, so Bishnes are struggling a little bit with those limitations right now. They don't really have any transfer budgets. Uh, today they spoke with the TFF and they said they only have 2 million Turkish lira transfer budget at the moment so they would have to get rid of some players wages I don't know exactly I don't know exactly how it works if it's like okay you need to I I assume it's total budget so if you get rid of a player you get you know whatever you get for him in a transfer fee plus what you free up in terms of wage budget I don't know exactly how it works but um, yeah, it's uh, so basically don't really have a lot of wiggle room right now, and they want to bring in at least a striker this window. So it seems for now, at least, that unless uh, some board member is going to decide to pull a Kagawa and float the bill on the wages for on a loan or something, uh, Bistich are going to have to sell someone. Uh, but nothing concrete on that front, so not much to talk about. I would direct you to one of the future upcoming Black Eagles podcasts uh, episodes if you want to hear, hear a little bit more about that. Uh, Umut, are there any moves within the Super League that really jump out to you before we start getting to the meat and potatoes of this episode? Well, not really. It's just early beginnings of the transfer season, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just opened uh, the, the 4th of December, so uh, we're recording this on, what is it today, the 6th? So by the time yeah. you'll be listening to this, maybe the 7th. So the window's been open for all about two to three days, so not much has happened yet. Yeah, and it's also big news that Gosser already signed two, and yeah. it, it, it actually confirms the uh, January talks uh, Fatim has been saying uh, all these uh, press uh, interviews, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think something's going to change in Gosser in a positive way, and I want to believe it. Uh, uh, I don't know what will happen if Fatim going to be... Uh, if Fatim makes any failures soon uh, because... Yeah, Galtzrak cannot afford to slip up, obviously. I mean, they have to come out of the winter break. Yeah, it will look like his second time in Galtzrak, like in 2002 and 2003. A lot of transfers coming in, but nothing's changing. No titles for years. We we already said at the beginning of the season, Galtzrak have to win the league again to be able to sustain the wage bill they have to... Uh, or at least yeah. uh, participate to any European competitions to at the very at least... least get the playoff spot for the Champions League and then mm-hmm. qualify yeah. from that. So it's going to be tough for them to turn things around with ten points with a ten point deficit. But on the other hand, Galtzrai couldn't just stand idly by and not do anything this window. They had to take some risks, I think. And if you look at what they've done so far, they're I mean, and Onyeku was a great get for them. He was oh. instrumental last season in their title, and he's not going to be costing them much for the, the six months. So it's it makes sense. But I don't I don't think that we can expect big moves from Galtrai in terms of financial um, investments. I mean, I, I don't think you you should expect like a, a big eight, nine, ten million euro transfer or anything like that. I don't think that's uh, in the cards. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Umut, anything else in the league that jumps out? Is there any of the, the smaller clubs that made an, an, an interesting move yet? Uh, has Sivaspor already uh, acquired any players or uh, Bashakshi here maybe or any of the relegation candidates? Well, uh, I was uh, thinking if uh, I make a move on Martak and Yandash because he, he's on fire right now. Yes, but nothing and... concrete, right? I, I just want to know yeah, if yeah, there's yeah, any, yeah. anything done already. Because mm-hmm. let's not get into uh, speculation. Yeah, we have plenty of, yeah. of other stuff and to talk there's about. There's one uh, transfer made by Chai Sport. It says Danish, Denis Harmash. Uh, right, 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 right. Yes, yeah. the, the Dynamo Kiev player, right? A Dynamo Kiev player. Yeah. Uh, and I think some, uh, yeah, uh, contract ends. Like uh, Tarek Chamdo has been released by Antalya Sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, after Tamar Tuna has come and has came, and that's what she said. Uh, uh, don't. <laughs> okay, and anything on Sivaspor? Have they made any moves yet? No, then I think it's too early to make okay. any speculations. Well, then let's get to the meat and potatoes of this episode. We are going to talk all sorts of stuff. Dot, 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 of the decade. To begin with, we're going to talk about our teams of the decade. Our player of the decade. We're going to give us your our personal top three of this decade. Um, and then we're going to talk about some other stuff that we... Uh, noteworthy things of the decade. But we'll get to that later. So, let's start off with the birthday boy. Uzer, uh, what is your top three players of the decade? Let's start with that. Are we going to have a drum roll ahead of each of these? I, um, I can implement that, maybe. <laughs> okay, here we go. Um, my top three players of the decade. Not in any particular order, yeah. I must admit. No, no need for that. But um, I will start with Fernando Muslera. Mm-hmm. He is one of my top three. I think he's shown extraordinary consistency since signing in 2011. So pretty much the entirety of that decade, he's been a feature. Um, he's also going to feature in my, in my team of the decade. And I think... It's pretty hard to um, kind of debate whether or not he's been one. He's been one of the one of the most outstanding characters of the decade as well. He's never really been involved in any major controversy. Mm-hmm. Always been a gentleman on and off the pitch, and that's why he's one of my three players of the decade. Number two, it's going to be Burak Yilmaz. I think the wonder man, the journeyman, has has performed well at every single club he's played at in the last ten years both in the Super League and in Europe, especially on the Galatasaray in that, in that wonderful season in 2013. And um, he's kind of player that any club would have liked to have had, particularly when he was in his prime. And number three, surprise, surprise, Wesley Snyder, the best player in the league for the last 10 years for so many reasons. My heart breaks every time I see a photo of him or see a, I see a highlight reel of him scoring or passing or doing one of his <laughs> ass passes that he was famous for. So His ass passes, okay. Do you, yeah, do you remember this? I can't remember which game it was in now, but he, the ball was passed to him from across the field by someone in defence, and he wasn't able to kind of chest it or anything like that, so he improvised, and he kind of jumped backwards, arched his back, and passed it to Felipe Melo using his ass. And um, if anyone can find that, we can share it as part of our, um, as part of our Twitter page. It's quite, a, it's quite a sight to behold. Ricardo Quaresma does back heel passes and uh, so was the oh, yeah. pass with his ass. <laughs> right, right, yeah. These trademark moments of the last 10 years in the Super League. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I actually found the footage. It's against Bursaspor. 
thank you. Okay, well, yeah, we'll have to post that on the, on the Twitter account. Yeah. Uh, Jakub, <laughs> let's move to you then. What's your top three of the decade? Um, well, my top three is pretty much the same, except for uh, for Snyder. Um, in no particular... It, I have an order, but it's... You know, okay, the first one is Burak Yilmaz, of course. The guy is such. He's a dick as a as a as a as a guy, but he's such a good forward. He's such a good player. Um, he had something like 160 goals in like 300 matches or something like that. Um, number two is Muslera. Such. A, um, I'm normally not the biggest fan of this, to be honest, but he's 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 really a really he, the way he he's so consistently good is just unbelievable. And I can't believe it has been like 11 years since he came to the league. It, it, still, it still seems like he came to the league like last year. Um, number three was really difficult for me. Um, I have... I don't even want to say it. <laughs> I have Selchuk because uh, I remember his season when he was at Trabzonspor. Uh, his last season was one of the greatest midfielders uh, that I have seen pass the ball in Turkey. And his first year at Galatasaray was also really good. But, um, yeah, this one I just... The last one I put there because there are so many players that are so good and so wonderful that I just couldn't make a choice. And the first one that came up to me was Selçuk. Okay. Uh, Burak, let's move over to you then. Your top three of the decade, please. Uh, here we go. There is going to be some, some repetition, but there's also going to be... Uh, some new ones. Um, I have gone. So let me get the one I the the repetition player. I've gone for Wesley Schneider. Um, even though he played for our fierce rivals, Agata. So what what a wonderful wonderful player. Um, I was quite happy that his time at Galatasaray was cut short for whatever reason because that meant he couldn't score more bangers against us. Um, but he was a, a joy to watch uh, play on the pitch. Um, a, a, just a great high-quality footballer that came to Turkey and graced us with his skills. Um, no, so that's Wesley. Number two, I've gone for Gökhan Gönül. Um, I just think he's just been an outstanding right-back for the last 10 years for, for club and country. Um, his work rate, his attitude on the pitch... His, his leadership, his determination, the the sheer will to fight through injuries, and I one of the players that I was absolutely gutted that we let go for for stupid reasons. Um, so number th- uh, second player is Gukan Gönü, <clears throat> and number three was was hard. I had like a bit of a short list. And so I had to think, or well, you know, does it matter how many seasons they played, you know, in 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 the last decade, or do we like focus on like a, a couple I think of? For uh, we, we it's move, going to Alex. <laughs> I think when we move over to our uh, top uh, ele- our our top eleven, I don't think that uh, how long they played in the league is that important for me. That's more about extent to quality. Uh, but this is more about like longevity too, and but that's my personal interpretation. Exactly. So exactly. Yeah. So so in that case, I'm I'm oh, player of the decade. Um, I'm going with Dirk Kout. I'm going with the Dirk the Turk. 
um, had three seasons at Fenerbahce. Um, and I just think, just from a professionalism, again, a point of view, with the way he conducted himself on the pitch, off the pitch, the way he integrated with Turkish culture when we had those um, wonderful media interviews with him and Real Morelish, you know, having their Turkish tea and learning Turkish, but just the way he played the game as well, you know, um, outside right, forward, in midfield, shunted around. Um, so, you know, you, you could say it's a particularly, it could be maybe a bias pick. Um, That's but perfectly I, fine. Uh, that's why we do this with, uh, <laughs> I mean, it would be kind of boring if we all set the tree, just treat the same name. So I'm kind of yeah, happy exactly. you picked uh, You picked a little bit of a, uh, like, I didn't even, it didn't even cross my mind when I was yeah. going over my list. So I'm actually happy you uh, picked someone like that. So, uh, so, so, you know, you've got a defender, I'm going to midfielder, um, Wesley, and well, you know, midfielder Ford in, in Dirk the Turk. So those are my three. Okay, Umut, what about your three picks? Well, a bit repetition from me as well, but uh, my first pick is uh, Burak Yilmaz, uh, the most consistent one uh, above all. You know, uh, even though he's he has played uh, for different clubs uh, for every other year, and he still adapted to their play style and uh, managed to score more than ten goals each season, and uh, which is a brilliant for a striker uh, and. For a I think, ten, I think ten well. goals is kind of the bare minimum you'd expect. No, no, and no, just but like you, you know. You uh, the, I'll, I'll say I think he's he had fifteen goals every season for the past. Uh, I don't yeah, know, yeah. Except for that and the, 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 his brilliant season in the 2010-2011 and 2012, like uh, where he uh, scored goals. at least hundred goals in amongst these three seasons, oh, like. Right, okay. Yeah, uh, his uh, you know uh, star uh, you know era, uh, and uh, he went to China and came back still uh, on form. And uh, his run with Besiktas last year for the leadership title, uh, how determined his he was, you know, mm-hmm. he leaded his team for the title. Uh, unfortunately, he didn't succeed, but. He he showed it, you know. Uh, brilliant player he was, and my second pick would be uh, who it was, uh, Muslera, the uh, brilliant goalkeeper, and uh, uh, fortunately for my team, uh, uh, after all these years, we found Muslera, and uh, we haven't been looking for a new goalkeeper every other season, and it was a nightmare before that, you know. Uh, has been uh, I could arch it in uh, or Kunusag, De Sanctis, Leo Franco, already a different goalkeeper. Uh, and right now we have a Muslera kind of player who uh, managed to make us into uh, Champions League quarterfinals at the times uh, and also uh, qualified from a group. Uh, that uh, contained, you know, that had uh, Juventus and Real Madrid, and we managed to get out of that group at the time, uh, thanks to his uh, quality. And my third pick would be Atiba Hutchinson. Uh, ah, finally, someone with this yeah. recognition here. <laughs> yeah, Atiba Hutchinson, uh, also consistent, also a leader, and also a brilliant performer on the pitch, uh, never-ending stamina, and 
purely determined to get the ball and lead the team for every occasion. And uh, his sur- surprise, unexpected last-minute goals, like uh, like he did uh, weeks ago, but uh, also a goal uh, he scored at the Trabzonspor game uh, three years ago, like that game. Uh, would be. Thanks for reminding me of that game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Again, he, did it. It. He, he already reminded you of it last week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it was brilliant to watch him. Uh, also, his perfect run with Besiktas at the Champions League, where Besiktas leaded the group and um, make a record for the Turkish teams. Yeah, but he uh, didn't cost us against Bayern Munich there because he was. Yeah. In large part responsible for that early red card for Domagavi. Yeah, so. but uh, you know, uh, I'm just you know. A little I bit. think he has that credit. Yeah. You know? yeah, of, of course. You of know, course. Muslera do, uh, does some kind of odd mistakes uh, in some occasions. Uh, yeah, well, you can uh, just. Uh, I, I'm just reminding. I mean, that was a. Uh, Per Uzer Dinger, an embarrassing performance by Besiktas at the time. Yeah. Um, which I still think to this day, like, look, we got a red card after 50 minutes against Byron freaking Munche. What do you expect? I was, I was, I was <laughs> surprised that we only that we only conceded one goal before halftime, and it's a shame that we did because that was like at the 45th minute or something. Maybe otherwise we could have like held on a little bit longer. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. Atiba is the like the one of the key. Key players uh, when while Besiktas was winning these uh, two consecutive titles, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, I have him as a third player. Yeah, I'm gonna be boring because I have the exact same uh, top three <laughs> as Umut does. Uh, you can see who the real brains of this operation are here. Uh, no, my my top three is also in no particular order: Atiba, Muslera, and Burak. Uh, I was really torn about who I was gonna pick third. Like for me. Muslera and Atiba were clear just because, like I said, my interpretation of this is kind of like longevity and, and what they've meant for Turkish football and their clubs respectively. Um, so I was kind of torn on that third spot because this this decade for me, when, when you ask me about one player that epitomizes this decade, it's kinda, it kind of has to be Burak Yilmaz because you kind of think, you know, I mean, when you think of football, the first thing you're thinking towards are goals. And when you're thinking about goals and, and you associate it with this decade, it's kind of Burak Yilmaz. But there were other players who were definitely in contention there, better players. I mean, look, Wesley Snyder obviously is a far better footballer. Uh, Ricardo Quaresma is obviously a better footballer. Um, there's there's countless bigger names, Mario Gomez, Didier Drogba, all these guys who came and went. Um, but Burak, yeah, he was just so consistent over the last, I don't know, seven or eight years or something um, that I, I just couldn't look past him. Uh, so a quick uh, recap then. Uzer went for Burak, Muslera and Snyder. So Burak and Muslera, I think they are... In the most tops, yeah, because Jakub also had Burak and Muslera, and then he had also Selchuk. So Selchuk gets one vote, uh, vote. Snyder gets two, Kokhan Gunnar gets one, Kreut gets one, uh, Burak has, uh, I think he's almost in everyone's top then, except for Burak's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Burak Yilmaz gets uh, three votes, Muslera gets three votes, I think, uh, Atiba gets two, Snyder gets two. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. So, Burak and Muslera are unanimously uh, in 
pretty much elected to. Either one of those two is going to be the player of the decade, according to our panel here. So we don't have a clear winner. They're tied. Um, yeah, we, so, we can put the clear. We can put a poll maybe on our on our Twitter page and get the clear winner. That's get a good. That's a great idea, Rosa. That's a great idea. Yeah, let's do that. So Burak Yilmaz or Fernando Muslera, we're going to do that poll and on Twitter. Um, it's going to be interesting to see who wins that. So let's move over to our team of the decade. And for me, this is a little bit more, you know, a little bit more wiggle room here. You don't really have to go for longevity. This is more about, look, who had potentially like a sh- just a short-term impact, but had a huge impact not nevertheless. Like, for example, Didier Drogba, who had an amazing first six months at Galatasaray. I'm just going to set the stage here for what... Uh, what we can expect from these teams. So I'm going to start um, with the most, likely the most controversial one first. So Burak, how about you give us your 11? Because I think you're going to have, uh, not controversial necessarily, but I think you're going to have the most different team compared to others, <laughs> judging by your top three. Oh, wow. Um, interesting. Um, okay, so you gave us a 4-4-2. And yeah, well, five just, you know, just two true attackers, four midfielders, four defenders, and a goalkeeper, and then a bench. Uh, I'm going to expand that bench. I initially had made it like a five-man bench. You can make it seven, so in case you have some honorable mentions, you definitely want to squeeze in there. Oh, definitely. Um, but um, I think I'll start with um, the goalkeeper. I've actually got Fernando Muslera in goal, which mm-hmm. may shock some of you. Um, I just think he's been more consistent in the last decade than Volkan Demirel was. Not Volkan, I am shocked. Well, well, well. Um, well, you know, he he's had a few poor seasons. and Hasn't Volkan been shit since 2008? <laughs> no, no he's, he's had a few good seasons last, last decade, but Muslera's out. You know, outworked him and we outperformed him, and I think if he'd have moved aside a little bit earlier, we we may have been able to retain Marek Gunok potentially as well. So, you know, I love Volkan, but I've got to say Muslera has been the better goalkeeper in the last decade. So I've got him in goal. Um, the defence, I think, it might it might make you laugh a little bit. I've got Gukan Gunok at right back mm-hmm. again. I, I just can't think of a right back that's had the a well, better d- last decade than Gukhan Gunul. Just, just to mention, you don't necessarily have to go left-back, right-back. You can just take four centre-backs. It doesn't really matter. You can just do whatever you want on the positions. Like, you don't have to take a left-midfielder, right-midfielder, stuff like that. Just four defenders, four midfielders. Oh, wow, well. Oh, information that, and I, I, two attackers. Yeah. Well, I wrote it down as death and oh. not LB. This guy's oh, changing uh, the exam questions. He's on changing death, the that? questions. He's, he's, he's done a Rowdy Roddy Piper. Just when you think you've got the answers, I change the questions. Oh, man. <laughs> but does it, change, does it change a lot for you, though? I mean, I think Gokhan Gunnel was going to be in your four-man back line regardless, no? It, not a lot, but I'll go through. So I've gone for a traditional back four for this. So I've got my right back is Gokhan Gunnel. Um, left back, I've actually got for Jadad. Mm-hmm. Um, just cause when I think of left backs and their contributions and what they've done... He's pretty much played in Turkey for all of the last decade at Fener and then Besiktas. Yeah, he's a bit of a, you know, shit house. Um, I don't think he was, I think he was Galatasaray pre-2010. I think he was still in, in Russia. Didn't he play against Atletico Madrid in that, uh, wasn't that in 2011 yes. or something? Or was it 2010 or what was that? I, I can't remember. I think that might have been 2009. Yeah, yeah. it might have been, yeah. Cause, yeah, it might have actually been, because I think we played Atletico Madrid like the year after in the Europa League. 
Um, but I just think his ability to attack and cross and take people on his fearlessness. Yep, you know, he was a bit of a dick um, when he played for us and then yeah. also when he then moved to, to Besiktas. But if I want someone like, who can... There. Yeah, he's got that, that about him. But if I want someone that can go down the line, you know, get us a goal, you know, put a good cross in, excite the fans, then I can't think of many better than John Anakin in the last 10 years. Um, yeah, centre-backs, um, I've gone for the the pairing of Diego Lugano and Simon Kea. Now, you can tell this is maybe shaping up to Lugano? be a bit of a... Was he still here in this decade? <laughs> yep, he was. He was, yep, 2011. Oh, yep. Okay. So, purely purely on that, and it is my team. So, yeah, you, might, sure. you, might be, you might be thinking, oh, so he's, he's gone fed out heavy, which is going to change as we get towards the midfield and strikers and, 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 and the bench. But I just think the, the intensity, craziness... A headed goals ability of Lugano combined with the the grace and the silkiness um, of Simon Kaya would make an amazing centre-back pairing. Um, so those two guys for me, you know, I did toy with the other centre-backs, you know, you had people like, you know, your Eggermans and, you know, Gurkhan Zan didn't really feature because he was injured for all of the decade pretty much. Um, I did look at Harkon Balta as well because I thought he had, you know, a decent... Uh, run of form, and I thought, mm, mm, not really. I wouldn't put him in front of Simon Kaya or Logano. And then I've looked at other centre backs that that Fenner have had as well. So you, I've mentioned, you know, we had um, an Eggerman, and I thought, well, mm, I love him, but I would go with Simon and Diego. So the, that that is my back for Gukan okay. Simon Kaya. At the, the end of the day, this is also kind of, of your recollection of the decade, so it, I don't really mind if it's a little Fenner heavy or Galtzman yep. heavy or Trabzon heavy or anything like that. So, yep. I mean, obviously, you want to be a little bit a little bit neutral, but on the yep. other hand, it's no issue to let your color shine through a little bit. That's the, that's the, the fun about it. And then we get to the midfield. Mm-hmm. So... I didn't. I didn't follow the rules here with regards to four four two like wingers. I just picked four midfielders. Okay. So first, I've got Atipa Hutchinson down on there, um, just because the the man he's just aging like a fine wine. He's just, you know better, silky. He's a good passer. Um, he comes up with a goal. He can lead. He's often you know cool headed on the pitch as well. So I'd have Atipa in front of the back four. Um, in front of them, I'm going to have um, Wesley Schneider again because I thought I know it's one of the three players of the decade. I've got to have him in my my eleven set pieces, goals, passing, just football brain intelligence. Um, alongside him, I'm going to have Emre Belazolu because um, mm-hmm. I think just there uh, you've got a wand of a left foot alongside a magician of a right foot, and the impact Emre's had. Um, on the Turkish League for as long as we can remember, actually. But then coming back uh, to, to Fenad, just leadership, passion, skill, quality. Like, we start going to be one of the best footballers that Turkey has produced in the last 20, 30 years. And so that's that my, yeah, so that's my, you know, initial three. And who else to sit in front of those three midfielders <laughs> than, than Alex de Souza? Yeah, wow. of course. That's um, the most predictable one of all. <laughs> you could have, you know, you would have bet your house on that one. I just think, you know, we. I mean, if you manage to squeeze Diego Lugano in there, who 
basically split <laughs> almost the entire previous decade. Surprise! Then, you know, I mean, Alex actually had like significant seasons still in the, in the 2010s. Like, I mean, I was surprised going back at looking at it that he actually had his statistical best season in 2010-11 with 28 goals. Yeah, so I was surprised because for me, Alex really that's like he is the face of the 20. To two thousands, you know. Yeah, but thinking about it, you know, uh, uh, counting Alex as a two thousand tens player is like counting Haji as a two thousands player. No, not not really, because Haji retired in two thousand, I think, right? Two thousand one. Um, okay, but you know, at least Alex was still here for two good seasons, I think, in the twenty tens. This is a little different, I think. But I think it's similar. Man. I mean, Haji is the nineties. Alex is, yeah, for, for, I mean, I, I agree that, for me, Alex is a 2000s too, but, I mean, he definitely still left his mark on the 2010s, so I completely approve of that uh, pick. Yep, we've got the 2010-2011 season, so um, <laughs> so there you go. So he would be making up the final of a midfield four. And up top, I have, you'll like this one, Khan, I've got Mario Gomez. Because... Um, Team of the decade. If he yeah, he just else? comes in, comes in for a season and absolutely destroys it, um, <laughs> and even though he did foul Bruno Alves, <laughs> oh, come on <laughs> in that season, I just think from a pure goal scorer point of view, um, if I look at who's come in in the last decade and had an impact on Turkish football from a goal scoring point of view, like serious, then Ben Gomez gets it for me. Just power, goal-scoring ability. Even though he just stayed one season, um, what a season it was! Um, I know, you know, your your heartbeats can for that one. I can hear it from here. And, oh, you don't want to know. It's like it's uh, like a, it's literally like that girlfriend that left you, and you always wanted her back, but she never came back. You know, I don't have that in my life, but I have Mario Gomez. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very happy with my choice of spouse, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad. And alongside Mario Gomez, I have plopped for Musa Sal. Um, um, just because he will always score for you. He'll always work really hard. He'll he'll get along with people in the team. He'll score you a spectacular goal. He loves a bicycle kick. And I think it was a total of four or five seasons he was at Fenat. Um I mean, um, it was never really what, what... I think what we all kind of expected when he came in, because he had that amazing season at Lille, yep. was like a 20-plus goal season. And he never had that. But I think every single season, he scored on the on the, the dots 15 goals in the league. Yeah, and I think he would work well with Gomez um, in that team. Yeah, no doubt. So well, that's my know. 11. So if we go to my reserves, I've got five back, five reserves down here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll be thinking of another two, seeing as you've given us a space to expand. Mm-hmm. So I reserve goalkeeper. I've gone for Volkan. Okay. Um, I think that's just hands down. In, in we go. Um, mm-hmm. Well, for me, so, you know. Okay, for you, of course, of course. There you go. Um, and, you know, him and Muslera can have some, you know, some wrestling matches on the training ground. Um, spare defender, two defenders. I've gone for Egeman Korkmaz. Mm-hmm. And I've actually put Hamid Alt on top as a defender. I know he played midfield, but I'm what? exercising my right to use him as a right back. Okay. Where he fine. played. Um, <laughs> as I thought, he 
although you know blighted by injury again at his time time at Galatasaray, eh, but you know the man won the Pushkas award, so he can get you a goal. Yes, yeah, so um, did Miroslav Stoch, but exactly, I don't think he would be in, as impactful in this team of the decade. So I've got Hamid uh, Alto top in there. Midfielders, I've actually uh, surprised. You may be surprised at this one. I've got Jose Souza in there okay. as one of my midfielders. Get in. <laughs> um, so I thought I'd want an Iron Man in there who can tackle and you know rile people up. So I thought that's that's my boy for that, and I've enjoyed watching him at Trabzon when he's not played against us. Um, second midfielder on the bench, I've got Taliska mm-hmm. in there again. We you know we didn't have him for that long in the Turkish league, but the impact he had, the joy he gave us playing football, I thought, yeah, yeah, definitely, I I want him there. And reserve striker-wise, I've got Burak Yilmaz. Um, so didn't feature in my, 11, my three of the decade, but I thought I've got to keep him on the bench. Um, bring him on last 15, 20 minutes for either Mario or Musa, depending on which one's injured or which one's getting tired. And, and put Burak on there and hopefully he can convert a chance. Hopefully he won't need five um, to get one of them in the back of the net. But hopefully he can be on there now. You've, you've mentioned an extra two players so, off the top of my head right now... You have now, to go for Kites, right? You put him in your top three. Yeah, I've got to put Dirk in there. Um, Dirk. Uh, Dirk, <laughs> Dirk the Turk, as I, as I love him and refer to him as. Because I, I just love him. You know, he's just, just a great professional. Kite. Kite. Uh, to have in your, your team there. And I'm thinking... You know, I might be quite tempted to put um, Ricardo Coresma on the bench as well for a bit of flair. Because um, he had those two great seasons in, he you know, loves, for, for he being on the bench. <laughs> in, indeed, but, oh, you know. Um, put him on the pitch or put him in the stands, man, otherwise you're going to get shit. <laughs> that's fine. I, I don't mind taking shit for this once a, you know, once in a while. Um, team of the decade. But, yeah, I'm going for Dirk Kout and Ricardo Caresma. Um Besiktas title-winning season, Ricardo Caresma, I may add. Not the the version we've had in the last few seasons. Well, he was great until last season, the second half. He he suddenly was like a uh, like a carton of milk that would sit in the fridge too long. He, he spoiled. Um, anyway, uh, let's move over to let's break up the Galtrai voices a little bit. Umut, let's get your eleven first. All right then. Uh, as we always said, uh, Fernando Muslera in goal, the great guy. And uh, my defensive four is like uh, Brack's uh, uh, two backs and two centre backs. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's fine. Yeah, Janer Arkin on the left flank and uh, Marcelo, the guy uh, on the centre. He had great seasons with Besiktas and. Unfortunately, or fortunately for you, he got transferred for a big amount and uh, went to uh, where Lyon. Yeah? yeah, he went to Lyon. Yeah, from you, uh, and he leaded the defense there as well. Uh, he had great seasons with Besiktas and one of the key players with uh, Atiba at the time when you got the title. Uh, and I have uh, Egeman Kokmaz. Uh, as a oh, second, really? yeah, uh, he was brilliant down there uh, when Arsenal was 
uh, getting his title back in uh, 14. Uh, I think he's, uh, you know, uh, he looks like an old kind of traditional uh, centre-back back. He has some uh, uh, modern aspects as well. He has a brilliant left foot and he's always a threat on your set pieces, you know. Yeah, always has being the... quite small, he's uh, great in the air. Yeah, and you know he had some hat-tricks from that set pieces as well at the time. And I have Gökhan Gönül as my right-back, uh, same as Burak. Uh, great player and really great to watch. Uh, for my uh, midfield four, I has I have also no uh, alignment with these. You know, all our centre mid uh, players. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one is uh, Salchikinan. Uh, for me, the captain of my team, even though he has been uh, a little bit down these days, like. Down for two years, I would say. Uh, uh, but he is a real game changer when he got transferred to Galatasaray back in uh, tw- uh, 2011. And really a big game changer in the league. Uh, and a brilliant playmaker in his prime. Uh, and great set-piece taker. Like, he had like uh, eight or seven set-piece goals in a single season which is a great achievement for him at the time, a real big threat. And I have Atiba Hutchinson alongside him. Uh, and the third one is Emre Belezolo. Even though he's old age, he's still up there and playing uh, and still ever determined to get a title, uh, still leading his team. And that got him to uh, back to Fenerbahce, where he belongs to at this uh, 40 year of age and my fourth play in the uh, midfield is Wesley Snyder uh, how good play he was you know I know he he got uh, he got sent by a bad manner like he didn't deserve that kind of thing but uh, very Turkish though eh, to give a, your heroes a poor send off look at Alex at Fenerbahce yeah uh, we're really kind of similar to do that, but you know, I know uh, he he's been old and he's you know not uh, in a good shape, uh, uh, and but uh, I know he has to go, but that was not the way to treat uh, your star player. Uh, uh, one one day after he saw his uh, ten number ten jersey given to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Uzer's blood is boiling right now. Yeah, I, I would imagine boiling. Yeah, I would imagine uh, um, that was a privilege to watch him uh, live and to witness that moment when he scored that goal to Juventus at the time uh, inside the snows and uh, frozen pitch. You know, it was a really, really amazing moment to watch as a Galatasaray supporter. Uh, next up, I have Burak Yilmaz and Mario Gomez up front. Uh, even though uh, he scored against us multiple times, Mario Gomez, uh, I would like to give him a Once chance. Once in both games. And both yeah. were winners. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and the goal uh, in Olympiad was a Oh, that no, was an equalizer. Win. That was an equalizer. 
you know, that goal was brilliant, you know. Yeah. Even though we had Muslera and he was like a, from a distance, uh, he, he hit that really well to hunt Muslera from way downtown. Right after Snyder score too, which yeah, I think uh, that Gunaiguench uh, error of misjudgment, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I still yeah. see the tears. Yeah, <laughs> and for my subs, I have the Derby God, Volkan Demrel. You know, mm-hmm. I think the main factor we didn't have any Kadiko wins for more than a decade or so. You know. He is a really good derby keeper, you know. You can always rely on him uh, if, you're, if he's on your side. And has been really great, even though he has been a, you know, really bad character uh, when he's against Galatasaray. Uh, I know because... Besiktesh, he was always a cunt too. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> you need a couple of cunts to... Uh, yeah, yeah some, somehow. Make babies. Uh, also, I have uh, Thomas Uifaluji, the big chef, as my substitute defender. Uh, he served only one year for Galatasaray, but he has been really good. And he also raised Semikaya, and uh, which uh, also works for us, works for Wonders uh, for the next year when we go to the Champions League quarterfinal. Uh, the second up, I ha- I was between the players Hakan Balta and Alba Guerrera for the left back uh, because I saw uh, Alba Guerrera as a great left back after all those years our left back was skilled but the move from Hakan Balta to center back is a immense move as well that saved him a lot of years in his career you know uh, that lengthened his career for that kind of manner yeah, honestly, I'm, I'm I'm surprised that he isn't still playing because he's only like 35, 36 now. I think he could have easily... If you look at Ali Turan is still playing at Konyaspor, Hakan Balta could easily be yeah, still playing, uh, I think. Yeah, but... Because some... like, when he left Galtzer, he was like 33, right? Yeah, he was like uh, 34 or something. Uh, I think he just uh, could be fed up or just wanted to end his career. Probably made enough money and... Was yeah, could maybe, be. Maybe pain, that's sometimes a, a factor. You know, players just in too much pain and they're just like, meh, uh, this. So, uh, for midfield, uh, for centre mid, I was between Anderson Telishka and Jose Sosa, but I think I'm going to go for Anderson Telishka here because the one of the best left-footed players I've seen live, uh, you know, mm-hmm. it reminds me of Albert and uh, it reminds me of Rekoba, Every time I see him, you know, uh, brilliant player. You, you can put Sosa on there too, since we expanded the bench yeah. to seven. Uh, Sosa is a great player as well. Still serving for Trabzonspor works wonders for him, leading the team. Uh, for the f- uh, side player, I have Edin Wischa. You know, he's been great and you know loyal servant for uh, Başakşehir. Uh, even before then, when the name was Istanbul Büyükşehir Belediye, yeah, you could their see their stadium his... should be called Edin Vizca Stadium. Yeah, definitely. Why is it called Fatih Terim Stadium? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they'll rename it in a couple of years. <laughs> yeah, uh, star player of them. Uh, I would have put uh, Ricardo Quaresma here, but he's 
too inconsistent, you know. Uh, you cannot never rely on him, even though he is an ultimate talent for football. Uh, but you can never rely on him. I think him. he was pretty consistent uh, in a second stint, to be fair. Yeah, but you have to, you know, put all of your, you know, uh, attention to him to, like, uh, you know, like a coach. You don't have to, but that's what Channel Gunesh did. <laughs> yeah, you have to, I think. You all, Otherwise, like, he'll just let it go, you know. You have to chain him. <laughs> uh, and for striker, uh, I have Johan Elmander and Bafatimbi Gomez, which was, both of them were very special players I've seen for Galatasaray, and Johan Elmander is in my heart, you know. Uh, he's more than a forward. Uh, he's He's a team, you know. Uh, also, Derby God as well, you know. Scored in every derby he's uh, played. Uh, where he played, even in Kadiko, he scored. You know, brilliant player he was. And never forget him. And Bofatim Bigomis is a record play breaker, a clinical finisher. Uh, one, of, one of the best forwards I've watched live. So that's my team. Okay, uh, we have a lot of uh, <laughs> the same things again. Uh, Umut, stop uh, looking on my page. Sh- sh- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's uh, let's move to uh, to Jakub next then to put a little bit of a buffer in between the Galatasaray boys. Jakub, your eleven of the season pl- uh, of the decade, please. Okay, so um, I tried to have um, an eleven of the decade for the league in general and one for Trabzonspor. Okay, that's so, fine. So I'm going to name uh, a, a general one and then from uh, from Trabzonspor. Um, so in goal, obviously, the number one choice should be Muslera. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Trabzonspor, I had Onur. Um, this was a kind of difficult de- decision for, my, for me because I, I really like Onur. Uh, at least I used to like him a lot. He was a pretty good keeper. Unfortunate with uh, unfortunate with uh, injuries and whatnot, and I think that separates um, him from Zlera. Zlera was just so consistent; didn't have any big injuries, played an unbelievable amount of uh, of matches, and um, helped uh, Galatasaray go to the one. Uh, what was it in 2015 when they went to the quarterfinals or something? Thirteen in the, in, in the Champions League. Thirteen. Thirteen. Uh, 13, 13, 13. Okay. So um, he was he's 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 such an unbelievable keeper. As I said before, I can't believe that he's been playing in the league for so long. It still seems like he's just joined Galatasaray for some reason, <laughs> and um, it's hard to find a good goalkeeper. So Galatasaray, after having a lot of bad goalkeepers, have finally found a good goalkeeper. Um, as for the defenders, uh, obviously, as everyone did, I have uh, Gökhan Gönül and. Janerki on the backs. Um, those two guys were always the guys that I thought of when um, when I thought of like good good wing backs. Um, you know, um, Gökhan Gönül seems seemed to be the only player from Fenerbahce that I liked. It seemed to be the only pen, uh, player from Fenerbahce that didn't seem like an asshole. Um, and you you can just see that even though he's he's pretty up there in age he's still such a good uh, such a good win back when he when he has his days Janer, massive dick also but his attacking runs are are unbelievable 
and um, you you know you can hate the guy for for his personality and for uh, for his personality on the pitch, but when it comes to footballing, he's just uh, he's just pretty much the guy for uh, for, for his position. Um, as for the troubles for guys, I obviously went. Uh, we had a hard time with the backs, um, but I went for Pereira and Novak, the the both starting backs that we have right now. They seemed uh, Pereira's up there in his age, but he still performs pretty good every every week. Novak has scored last year more goals than like thirty of the strikers in the league, or something like that. <laughs> Who did you so, guys have in two thousand ten eleven at your back positions? Um, right back, right back Serhan Balja, oh. left back Hrvoje uh, Chalja. That was also oh. a, that was also yeah. a good um, good pairing to be honest with uh, Serhan Balja being. Running his ass off with his big ass <laughs> belly, and um, Chalia was pretty much, you know, he was just a business guy. You know, he he, he did what he had to do, and that was it. He, was he Australian? Uh, no, he was uh, like Czech, I think. Hmm. Yeah, he didn't have a lot of flair on him. He, you could you you could miss him, like if if you didn't know he was playing, you could have like not seen him at all. But he was he was there when he had to be. That's those are the best ones that you don't notice a lot because that means they're doing their job. Yeah, he was he was really he was really good for us this season. Um, the center backs, I I had a little difficulty to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. The clear cut one for me was uh, was Vida. Um, I really like oh. him as a player, even though he hasn't. Uh, he has only been playing for like two years. Um, I couldn't really come up with another defender. I think um, I, when I went for uh, Simon Kjær. You, who always looked like such a good, uh, you know, the guy that could always clean up other people's mess, and um, he looked like he was too good for the league. If I'm quite yeah, honest, like yeah, he, he was, he looked he was like he so belonged good. in the Premier League or something. He was so good that it was unbelievable that uh, Fener could get a player like that for, um, and 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 him not going to like, you know, the 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 Premier League or a Serie A or a Bundesliga team. Yeah, didn't um, he come from the Premier League, like from Sunderland or something, Burak? No, I think he came from Italy. Um, <laughs> He's clearly watching the FA Cup in the background. He's clearly watching. Um, he went. He went to Fenerbahce from Lille. Right. Yeah. Of course, the French fancy. There we go with his long blonde hair. Right, right. right. Thor, basically. Thor before Carriers was Thor. Well, I mean, A pretty guy. If you have to compare the two, I think Carriers wins that one. <laughs> Um, Come on. Um, so let's let's keep going. <laughs> um, as for the Trabzonspor four guys, uh, we we had absolutely horrible defenders. When I was thinking about this, I never could. I, I just couldn't come up with defenders that uh, that I liked because mm-hmm. you know we the the uh, the 2010-11 season was 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 good. We had Egemen mm-hmm. and uh, we had uh, Glowacki in the defense. But after that, it just fell apart. So um, as my as my first choice, I have Egemen Korkmaz, who I really liked when he was playing for us. He was also a guy that didn't take any risks. He just booted the ball every time. Uh, there was like a kind of um, dangerous position. Um, I liked him when he went to Besiktas. He was still pretty good there. Um, he kind of started to fall off when he was at Fener, in my opinion. He was still pretty good, though. I think he got injured or something. Yeah, he was pretty. He he was pretty old also, so it's it's normal that with age, it's it's kind of difficult for players like him to do what they do. Um, You're still really good last season for Erzurum. 
I mean, it's Arizona, you know. Um, he he literally. I think we drew against them, and it was all because of him. He had that. He was, he had that, he was like uh, a superhero that game. He had that anger against you still still in his blood. <laughs> May have been old, but he won the Super League with us, my friend. No, no, no. I'm saying I'm I'm, I'm still saying he he was a good player for you guys also. But I think he like his best season was with us. Uh, then he had a good season with Besiktas. Um, and then it, it kind of seemed to me like he went to Fener just because of the wages. I could be wrong. Yeah, but she but... just couldn't afford his uh, wages because his, his 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 guarantee was pretty low. It was like one point one million, but he got twenty five thousand per appearance. So yeah, that, that we talked and about he, it once. Yeah, and he made like fifty appearances in the season, so it ended up being like a two and a half million contract that we just couldn't pay because that was also the that was the the season just before Feda, I think. So yeah, then during Feda, he yeah, we had to get um, rid of him. So um, the other defender is the guy that the guy that I really like, which I really talked about a lot uh, on these podcasts, is Hosseini, who I ah. still think flies flies under the radar way too much, um, but I, I really like him. So it's, it's, it, I think that's my second choice. Um, the midfield, the midfield is is in my opinion the strongest part of this. Of, of, of this uh, of this decade, we had such great players on pretty much every position. Yeah, it's um, difficult to make a choice in the midfield. Yeah, I think. yeah. So I'm uh, so I try I, when I when I'm looking at it, I'm pretty much got a guy from each big four team. So I got um, I got Atiba, great player. I got Emre Belozola, dick of a guy, but such an <laughs> unbelievable guy. And as a, as a, as a lefty, it's always nice to see a guy that is left footed. So. Um, Ativa, Emre. Um, then I have obviously um, I have Sosa, who, who I really liked when he was at Besiktas, and which uh, and a player that I'm such a big fan of when he's uh, playing with us. He's such a great captain. He, he's such great. Uh, he's a such great passer. I really like players that can pass the ball really well. You know, um, one of my favorite players is Xabi Alonso with his long passes. I just unbelievable. Um, so I. Ativa, Emre Belozolo, Sosa, um, and I have this one. This one was a little bit difficult because, as a Feyenoord fan, it pains me to say this. Um, the little guy from Utrecht, from Ajax, <laughs> um, Wesley Snyder. I still, you know, I, I, I never was a really, you know, I, I was a big fan of his because that golden generation that Ajax had was just so good. Um, but those two goals Zlatan against van der Vaart. Yeah, man. But those those two goals against Fenerbahce, I normally don't watch the the derbies. But you know, the one in the left, the one in the right. You're weird. <laughs> he's he's such a great player, and he when he when he came to Galatasaray, it really seemed like um, before he came, Galatasaray was. I'm, I'm not going to say they were go they were going a bit down in positions. But it, it really seemed like when he came to Galatasaray, a lot of big players also thought like, okay, so they are doing really something well. And he, he brought that winning winning culture to the team, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, for the Trabzonspor players of this uh, of this decade on the midfield, I have Zsa um Sosa, Sergio Kinan. And uh, yeah, I, I tried to go with like a left wing, right wing kind of player. So I went with Vaka uh, Eme, a player that's Sometimes annoys the shit out of me because of, of how slow he is, but just such a good player. 
Jaja in the in the 2010-2011 season was such an unbelievable player. He came onto the scene and he just proved he just proved everyone wrong. He just he kept scoring, he kept assisting. He had that one um, one trick on Lucas Neal where Lucas Neal almost broke his broke his neck trying to get to the ball. Still a fond memory of mine. Um, Sosa self self explanatory and Sachkinen also. Um, as for the strikers, this one is pretty easy. The the main two strikers that I went for were Burak Yilmaz and Mario Gomez. I really like Mario Gomez when he was playing at uh, Besiktas. Um, he was just so clinical and just so German, you know, just there for the business, doing what he's supposed to do, you know, not making a big fuss about fuss out of it. And say and dropping a few f bombs in interviews. I mean, he's he, you know you have to do that sometimes, you know, especially <laughs> in Turkey. I love that. that um, as for as for Trabzonspor forwards, they didn't have a lot of good forwards, but uh, Burak obviously for what he did with us. And um, another one is just Oscar Cardozo was just such a, such a big signing name wise. The just you know him coming to a team like Trabzon Trabzonspor and you know being in the city. Um, he scored like 30, 30 odd goals in like fifty appearances, so he did pretty well actually. But um, that that is my top eleven. I have some reserves that I'm going to go just quickly through. Um, mm-hmm. Goalkeeper wise, because I have Muslerang goal, uh, my goalkeeper should is Onur Kuvrak. If uh, I really don't get wh- who else I should pick, you know, um, Pabri was good with you guys uh, for a year or two. Um, Volkan had it. Volkan has his has his good games. Volkan Babajan had his good had his good games. Matt has his good games. But I think mm-hmm. that if it wasn't Muslera, I I would go for Onur. Um, defender wise, I have to go with uh, with Pepe for that one or two years that he was uh, at Besiktas. He was just unbelievable. And Marcelo also of Besiktas. Midfield wise, I tried to sneak in a Trabzonspor player. Um, I have I had to go with Mehmet Ikije. He was pretty much the only shining point uh, in those horrible Trabzonspor years. We the, the the stadium was about to be broken down. We had almost no uh, no attendance at the games, and people only went to the games because they they loved seeing Mehmet Ikije just kick balls into the net from like 30, 30 odd yards. You know. Um, as for the as for the other midfielder, I I went with Felipe Melo. Also mm-hmm. an asshole of a guy, but he's just, you know, such a fighter, such a great player. Um, he does what he does. It, it, he kind of reminds me, mentality-wise, of uh, Bilant Korkmaz, you know, that do-or-die guy. Um, so, uh, he was uh, he was in the reserves. And uh, as forwards, I have Cenk Tosun, such a good player, um, even though he's, he's not that good at the moment right now. And... Um, Another forward I really liked. Uh, I really, really liked Abu Bakar at Besiktas. He was for mm-hmm. for his size. He was such a such such an elegant player. Yeah, definitely. Uh, okay, let's move over to Uzer's eleven of the decade. Then. Okay. Well, I feel as though um, some some of the choices have already been exhausted and described with such great. Poetry that I'm finding it difficult to do it justice. So I'll skim through some of the obvious ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I've gone for a four-three-three formation, um, just right. a little bit different. And I'm going to stick with Muslera in goal, of course. Um, my back four is going to consist of uh, Uyfelizi, so mm-hmm. Big Chef as 
was discussed earlier on. Um, I totally agree with the fact that he, he was instrumental in, in sort of raising and mentoring Semi Kaya as well, who proved to be very useful for a couple of seasons. Um, it was a real shame that he got injured so 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 badly on during the um I think it was the night before the Champions League draw for 2012 13 season and it was just a hammer blow to our to our to our chances for the for the following season because he was a true leader in defense in a way that we haven't seen in a very long time um, but he did enough in that one one and a half season to, to earn his place in my team of the decade and it's nice that he's kept his ties strong with Gala as well just a couple of weeks ago, in, towards the end of the season, he was invited to Istanbul and came along with Felipe Melo. And it's, it's nice that they've stayed in touch uh, and he's kept his cli- ties. He really aged, though. He looked so old. You know what? It, it, it's because he cut his hair. He had this kind of yeah. these long flowing locks yeah. and the strong beard. He had this real kind of attitude. But he him. also got like a ticker phase and stuff. You saw that yeah. he let himself go a little bit. Well, may- maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Yeah, it, it's he definitely um, he's definitely a million miles from what from the from the Iron Man look that he had when he was playing for Gala. I mean, it's normal. I mean, when you're living a, the 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 life of a of a professional athlete, yeah. it's very normal that you don't keep that yeah. up. Yeah. Well, I suppose Once so. You I suppose so. Um, my partner would be Pepe in central defence. Mm-hmm. Um, a real thug of a player, character-wise, doesn't really have much going for him. I never really liked him as a player, even going back to when Turkey played Portugal in the Euros and. Um, was instrumental in getting one of our players sent off in that game. Um, but he is a top, top defender. Years of experience at Real Madrid. Came to Besiktas, was a superb transfer. And I think um, he definitely uh, earns his place earns his place in this team, despite only playing for a couple of seasons. Okay, so either side of these guys, I've gone for two different choices. Uh, two names that haven't been discussed so far. I've gone on left-back Alex Telles. Um, before he came under Mancini, nobody really knew who this guy was, myself included. Um, there was a bit of kind of mystery around this transfer. Who is this guy? Is he a YouTube player? Um, is he one of those guys who only attacks in the classical Brazilian left-back style? What are his d- defensive skills like? And he actually came and he settled in as a character really quite quickly with the team. He seemed to acclimatize himself to Turkey very well. He loved Istanbul. Um... During his first title with us, his whole family came and they gave many interviews and he just had this air of just really, really buying into the whole Galatas Rai philosophy and I loved seeing Kales. And of course, the, um, the probably one of the best scouting um, scouting signings that we've made in the last few years because of course he went on to sign for Porto for six, was it 6.75 million euros or, or something like that. Yeah, he went to Inter first. I think Manchi took right. him with him. Yeah, on loan, right. yeah. That's and right, then, yeah. uh, and then he went to Porto, yeah, and for basically what you paid for him. Yeah, yeah, and um, it, the, he's been a, he's been a consistent starter for Porto since then, and, and you know we know yeah. the reputation Porto have for some now he's worth forty five. Well, so they say, <laughs> and, and and Gala still have a, a portion of the sell on fee if, if he were to go for anything like mm-hmm. that. So there's still a potential that we'll make a little bit of cash from Telas, but I think um, as a player he offered a lot going forward. He had a lot of kind of flamboyance. And confidence when he was galloping on that left wing. Defensively, he was solid. He wasn't exceptional, but I think because he gave so much uh, going forward, that I, I, I and, and also because I wanted to be a little bit different, Teles is my left back. Now, right back, I've gone for one of his countrymen, Cicinho. Do you remember mm-hmm. Cicinho? Of course, yeah, yeah. Amazing at Sivas. Yeah, amazing at Sivas. Until he of got course. injured. Until he got that, yeah, exactly. Another very heavy injury. Of course, he arrived in Sivas 
in his mid-30s, I think probably about 35, um, having played for Real Madrid, Roma, made something like 15 appearances for Brazil national team. Tessinho was a top star, and I, I couldn't believe that he ended up at Sivas. Um, but he was really, really solid in the right-back position. Had he, had he been a couple of years younger and if he'd signed for one of the bigger clubs, I think that he would have left a much bigger impression on the Super League than, than he has. Definitely. But um, I'm going to stick Pep, I'm going to stick uh, in there as well. He was literally the the janitor on the right back position in terms of offensive contribution. He had a shit ton of uh, assists. Right, right, exactly, exactly, shit ton of assists. And despite being in his mid 30s, he could t he could really gallop and take players on and 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 win mm. duels. So he um he really really played some someone who was like five at least five years older than uh, so younger. That's a great shot. Yeah. Um, in terms of my midfield, so my, my three men in midfield, I'm going to go with Felipe Mello. Uh, he's been mentioned a couple of times already. Um, Felipe Mello is an absolute warrior on the pitch, off the pitch. He carries the, the character and the charisma of the club. He puts his fighting spirit into every game, in passion into every tackle. We, we all remember um, how he's, the way he celebrated those big tackles in the penalty area as if he was scoring a goal. Mm -hmm. Like you know, he celebrates in a defense a defensive tackle like some strikers celebrate goals. But having said that, in his first season in 2011, he scored 12 goals in his first season in 36 games, which mm -hmm. you know any re reasonable striker would be happy with. So he celebrated a lot of goals and a lot of defensive duels in in that season. His he really exploded in Super League in in 2017. In fact, his first uh, goal, his debut goal against Samsung, was something like from 40 meters out, which was an Probably the goal of the season. I remember really jumping up and screaming when 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 that went in from from so far away. Also, a great bit of business from Gala to get him on loan twice from Juventus after they'd paid something like thirty-five million for him or twenty-five million for him from from Fiorentina. So, a nice bit of nifty business from Gala, and it it, it turned out to be very well. And just like Ufaluzi, he's he's kept his bond strong with the club, um, and uh, he's one of the one of the one of the modern legends of of, of Gala, in my opinion. Uh, mm -hmm. Talking of which, we can't say Galatasaray and legend in the same sentence without discussing Oezi Snyder, a man who, if Haji is God, Snyder is his messenger on earth. And <laughs> he, every time he touched the ball, it was just poetry in motion. The way he was expelled from the club by that ignoramus Tudor and that scumbag Dursun Özbek, I will never, ever forgive them. I hope they burn in hell. Um, Snyder is uh, just... Absolute poster boy of, of the joy that football can bring to people. Those two goals against Fenerbahce are legendary in the Super League. His goal against Juventus is legendary in the Champions League. For all neutrals included, the only people who would dispute that are obviously the uh, Juve fans. That's no day. Um, and, and plenty of others as well that you know we don't have time to talk about. But if we had a Wesley Snyder show one day, you know there would be enough material to talk for hours. So I'm going to go now to hit the Mello and Snyder's. Um, partner in midfield, the, the other, the third guy in the, in the four-three-three, and it's going to be Emre Emre Belazola, mm -hmm. who I think, despite having um, objectionable uh, opinions about him as a character, he is a superb, superb football player. Without doubt, um, the best, most consistent player that Turkey's produced in the last twenty years. It's extraordinary that he's still playing at the level that he's playing at his age. It really goes to show that. If you look after yourself and you put professionalism first as an athlete, then you can really last. And I think Celtic Inan could could have learned a lot from from Emre um, had he looked after himself. I think it's just genes, man. I mean, it could be, it could be, it could be. But 
there's a certain attitude. Selchuk does not strike me as someone who doesn't take care of himself. Yeah, it's just, but there's a certain, there's the attitude that that I see in Emre that he's he only cares about being on the pitch, being a leader, and winning. And I just I feel when I look at Selchuk in the last few seasons, I just see a lethargic face, someone who just wants the game to be over and done with. I never ever get that impression with Emre. And um, I think he would be a real dynamo in, in that 4-3-3. And then the three guys up front, I'm going to go for Burak Yilmaz. Of course, he was in my, my top three of the decade, so it would be um, it would be unwise to not put him in this team. Uh, I've gone for Drogba as well, who, mm-hmm. although he only had one really top season at Gali, he played came for 18 months. He only had a top season, but in on his day, he was just unplayable. Remember his debut, he just came on within minutes barged a couple of defenders out of the way, scored and headed from an impossible angle. Um, he was a gentleman off the pitch, on the pitch, a leader in Europe and in, in the Super League. And uh, if only we could have held on to him for a little bit longer. But yeah, Didier Drogba. And the partner up front with Drogba and Burak is going to be Dirk Kites as well. I think that he was a top professional, very consistent, very reliable player. And um, I think the three of those together would really work hard for, for themselves and they could nab quite a few goals so that would be my that would be my team of the decade a couple of honorable mentions um in terms of goalkeeper if i didn't have Mosero, i'd actually go for a bit better of gustafa i don't think he's been that exceptional necessarily but he's had certain games where he's just really been the standout performer um in a couple of in, in, a, in a handful of games this season he's single-handedly brings home the points for gustafa and it's rare to see a goalkeeper who has that kind of contribution so often. Um, Mustafa is the only one I can, only other one I can really think of. No, well, I don't know. Potentially, mm-hmm. potentially. But Peter has, has a kind of flamboyance about him, which I like, like, really like as well. And, of course, he still gets picked for the Portuguese national team as the third-choice keeper. So that's pretty cool, I think. So Peter is my, um, one of my honourable mentions. Um, who else? Uh, maybe Clichy. And Abue on the wing-back positions, I think both of them have, have been very successful since transferring from the Premier League to the Super League. Um, both been very reliable for their respective teams and uh, have been consistent throughout. Um, and also, I know he only really crept into this list at the first two or three seasons of the decade, but Pablo Martin Batalla of Bursaspor would be in there as well. Yeah, and he, um, I think it's a very similar player to Edin Visco in terms of his contribution and how he carries the team. Um, and he's kind of the embodiment of the club, and uh, I think Bataja is the early, is 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 the is the of the early part of the decade. Hmm. So he would be my other honourable mention. Yeah, definitely. Uh, okay, then I'll quickly run down my team as not to waste too much time on this. So obviously in goal, I think there's only one choice to be made. Really, Muslera is my goalkeeper. My back four. Uh, I'm gonna start with Gokan Gunnel, uh, Janer Erkin, Marcelo for me because he was uh, very important for Besiktas but he was also when he was playing for those one half seasons I think he was just uh, amazing uh, you know everyone was looking towards Simon, Simon Kjaer because like we all said before he was it felt like he was too good for the league and I think it was quite uh, remarkable that Marcelo actually managed to outperform him because uh, he did and uh, I think it's uh, definitely uh, earns him a spot here. In addition, I think it's difficult in terms of central defenders because, like we said, my next pick is Uifalushi and he only played one season. And I think we don't really have that Diego Lugano 
uh, of the two thousand of the 2000s, you know, that had like four or so five really good years. I don't think we had that in the twenty tens. We just didn't have a, a central defender that was consistently really good because the good ones didn't stick around for long. Kier left after uh, after like two seasons. Marcelo left after one and a half season. Rivaluzzi um, had to stop. Uh, Pepe only stayed for. Um, for one and a half or two seasons, uh, and now Vida, of course. I mean, for me, Vida is one of the, in terms of eccentric quality, one of the best I've seen this decade. But I mean, he hasn't really won anything with Besiktas, and that's why I'm going for Marcelo here. Um, that's going to be a recurring team in my team. That I mainly go for players that actually won something. Uh, I think that's also quite important when we talk about a team of the decade and not really the individual uh, quality necessarily. Um, so my backline, just to recap, Janar, Gokhan Gunul, Marcelo and Uifaluzi. Then my midfield, I went for Atiba Hutchinson, Wesley Snyder, Selchuk Inan and Ricardo Quaresma. Uh, yeah, I mean, Atiba consistency uh, is, is the word, I think, with him. Uh, he's been here for seven years now and he's been great for seven years. Uh, Quaresma had two stints in the 2010s. His first one... He started off really well, but it didn't really end nicely. Uh, second one, I think, it didn't end too nicely either, but he had three good years. And uh, his performance in Europe was phenomenal uh, for Besiktas. He had such a big part in uh, that unbeaten group stage run. He had a really big part in Besiktas' quarterfinal run in the Europa League. Uh, also in their first group stage in the, in the Champions League, where they did really well, only was, lost one match. Um... He did really well there too. He had like three goals, three assists. Uh, he just, yeah, in the Champions League was really good. In the league, he was really good. Instrumental in Bishkek's second title. Uh, good in their first title. And then he had a good third season too, but Bishkek couldn't finish it with a title. But he had like, I don't know, 15 assists or something. Um, and then my top two, Burak Yilmaz has to be in there for what he did at Trabzonspor and Galatasaray. And Mario Gomez. For me, simply... The best striker I've ever seen in Turkey. Uh, definitely this decade. He was just, in terms of goal scoring, um, not going to talk the total package. I think if you speak total package, then you definitely have to uh, mention Didier Drogba. But when it comes to scoring goals, I think Mario Gomez was probably the, the best pure finisher we've ever seen. And his impact, only one season, but he was just so massive. Scored um, in all but one derby match. Um, so many important goals, didn't do a lot of stat padding at all, um, all of his goals almost were openers, uh, game winners, you know, no four goals in the match or something like that, no uh, 20 penalties like a, a Fernandao or even Jenk, I think when Jenk uh, had like 20 goals, I think he scored like seven or eight penalties or something, like that, that didn't happen for Gomez. Then on the bench, uh, for me, Fabri, um, I think that's the only goalkeeper this decade that I've seen to outperform Zlera. I really think that in his two seasons at Besiktas, he was the better goalkeeper in terms of performance, not in terms of talent. But really, if you looked what Fabri was managing to, to do, I mean, keeping a clean sheet in Kadikoy and, and to Telecom Arena in the same season and all that kind of stuff. And uh, Muslera kind of had, had a dip in those two years as well, so that also plays along, I think. That's why I mentioned... Uh, performance and not talent. So for me, Fabri is my uh, guy on the bench. 
Uh, that Eggman Kokmas, I thought he was really good at Trabzon Spore, really good for Besiktas, and really good for Fenerbahce. Um, it's I, one of the guys I regretted the most that we had to let him go due to financial reasons. I thought he was great. He was such a warrior, it's already been mentioned. Uh, great, great player, I think. Um, then I have uh, Felipe Melo. I mean, it hasn't been said before, but I think that's the epitome of a guy that you love him when he plays for you, you hate him when he plays against you. Uh, I think if you look that term up uh, on the internet, it'll have a picture of Filippo Melo next to it. Uh, but you cannot deny how good he was his first two or so seasons at Galatasaray. Uh, he was such a warrior. I think he got a little lazy towards the, his last season or so when he was making the real big bucks. Um, but, yeah, I mean... He's the type of player that I think everyone wants in their team, but doesn't want to play against. Like I said, uh, he was an asshole, but uh, yeah, great winner, a real winner. Uh, then I have uh, Anderson Talishka. I think eccentric quality-wise, probably the hand-in-hand mm, hand with Snyder, the best player of the decade. If we look at pure, I don't know, like that. That you know what I mean, like the that special thing. That he can just decide a game out of nowhere. I know guys like Quaresma did that too, and, and Drogba and Mario Gomez, but I don't know. Taliska had something special about him. Um, I, I was really disappointed that he went to China because I really think this is a guy I could have made it in one of the top five leagues as a, as a, as a real star. Uh, then my other pick, Edin Vizca. I think he has to be mentioned given the decade he has had. Uh, the only thing that holds him back from being in the starting 11 is simply the fact that he hasn't won squat. Uh, and then my other pick on the bench, Jose Sosa. Uh, I think if it wasn't for his second stint at Trabzonspor, he wouldn't have made my uh, bench. But just because he's come back to Turkey, he had a really he had one amazing season at Besiktas. He had another good season at Besiktas, which was his first season. And now he's come back. And he's been really good for Trabzonspor. Uh, that's why I put him on my bench. Uh, and then finally, my striker on the bench is uh, Bafetimi Gomis. Simply because uh, I think besides Mario Gomez, he's probably the, the goal scorer that has performed best this decade. And I mean, statistically, he obviously uh, did a little bit better than, Gomez, uh, than Gomez. But uh, we all know who the best one is. Uh, then I have a couple of honorable mentions quickly, which are Adriano and Alex. Obviously... Like, I, like we mentioned before, Alex, for me, kind of more the guy of the 2000s. But because he had that tail end of his career that was still really good in the 2010s, I have to mention him. And then Adriano, I think when we look again at pure eccentric quality, I think he is hands down the best left back that played in Turkey in the 2010s. And the best left back since Roberto Carlos, uh, from what I've seen. That's my team. Uh, yeah. Any remarks from you guys, or shall we move on to some of our final points here, some of our more fun stuff, memories? Okay, let's move on. Uzar, do we still have you here? Because I know you ha had to drop off an hour in or so. I'm, I'm, I'm still here, boys. I'm still here. I wouldn't miss this show for the world. Okay, then we'll start with you. Um, Uzar, when you think of this decade... And it doesn't have to be the best goal. It doesn't have to be the most beautiful goal, the the most uh, fluid attack. But just when you think of one goal and you think of this decade, which goal do you think of? And I already know what you're going to pick, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, it has to be the there has to be the two goals. 
against Fenerbahce that Wesley Snyder scored, the left and the right, absolute worldies. Cheater. I mean, look, if I have to pick one of those, um, I'm, it's going to be the second one, only because the first one was just... The game was so horrendous. It was one of the most mm. boring derbies I could remember. This was under yeah. Prandelli, and I thought... Thank you, God, Bruno Prandelli Alves, for getting sent off. Well, Pr- Prandelli was already a bit of a fiasco anyway, and I thought this is... This is a home game. Great opportunity to, to, to do something impressive against Fenerbahce and he screwed it up. Can't wait for this guy to get sacked. Out of nowhere, Wesley Snyder just takes the, 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 uh, the game by the scruff of the neck, scores an absolute worldie. And then everyone's just kind of elated over the moon. And, and just while we're still in that, that haziness of, of celebration, <laughs> just when you think life couldn't get any better, he does it again. The guy did yes. it again within a couple of minutes later in stoppage time. And I, at that point, you think, well, I'm about to have a heart attack. I'm celebrating so hard. I'm breaking everything around me. I'm running into people. I'm jumping up and down. And the, 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 the moment of elation, of joy, of that second goal, when lightning struck again, that, for me, was the goal of the decade. Okay. I took, we're actually going to pick another goal, so we'll save that one for Umut, maybe. Uh, Jakub, your goal of the decade, and this can be totally biased, mind you. This can be, this has to be, you know, this is your goal. I so um, yeah, I don't really have one to be honest. Um, the one that I immediately thought of was uh, the same as that Özer said, uh, the goals of um, of Snyder. But what I think is a uh, a goal that meant more, that um, that is maybe a little more beautiful, was um, Sosa's goal against uh, uh, against Fenerbahce from 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 like the corner that just. Flew over everyone. The moment he hit the ball, I thought like, "Oh, that one is going out the stadium." But it just curled in so so gracefully, and um, that's the game that we won two one. I guess I I think if I don't remember it wrong, at home, right? Yeah, that was such an unbelievable goal. And then you had that one you almost won in Kadikoya and you gave it away in the last seconds. So thank you, thank you. Love you. <laughs> Have to rain on your parade, man. Uh, okay, uh, Umut, your pick of the decades for goals. Uh, I'm Just one. Between two goals, but I would say should it be uh, the Spirit goal? No, no, no. Doesn't matter. Okay, then I would say Juventus goal of Wesley Snyder. And that's the one I thought Uzzer was going to pick. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I, I, I thought this was Super League goals only. Otherwise, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Turkish carry football on. in yeah. general. Yeah, okay. In which case, I, 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 I reversed my previous decision and to align with them. But yeah, I want to hear uh, Umut's take on it. Yeah, that's the goal uh, I watched live. And uh, after the goal happened, I went to the window and opened the window and shouted like, Goal! To the street, to, to the neighborhood, like it was a so special goal. And it was like it was during the you know uh, work hours, so uh, I rushed home to uh, catch the game because uh, it was postponed uh, after the first uh, game, and it just resumed from the uh, that minute because of the uh, uh, snowy weather. Yeah, it was the day after it was played. Yeah, just the day after. I went to the first game, but I couldn't go to the second one to the stadium because too far from my home. Uh, in uh, I couldn't make it uh, if I if I wanted to, but couldn't make it. But 
I really respect those guys uh, who didn't leave our team alone uh, in that snowy weather and that uh, working now thing. Uh, it's just brilliant to witness that moment. Uh, one of the best goals, like uh, for meaning, uh, I've seen Galatasaray score live, and I'm too happy to see it live. Okay, Burak, your pick, uh, your goal of the decade, your personal goal of the decade. <laughs> right, so I'll try to go to meet him. He's his head against the table. You're on, you're on, you're on. Right, um, it was a choice between, between two, um, both from the 2013-2014 season. Um, the one I've gone with is Andre Santos against Gaziantep Sports in the 90-plus 90, 90 minute um, to win 1-0. That was the march towards the championship. Um, so I just remember that game, nothing had happened, nothing had happened. And then all of a sudden the, the football gods just smiled on us and ball came in, I think it was a stock free kick, it comes in off the post, and I'm thinking, who's there? Who's there? And just Andre Santos with his, he's shifted his big fat Brazilian ass up into the penalty area, and he's managed to slot it in for us. Um, and I know because we were head to head with Trabzon. I know they were one 0 up against Borussia with you know Brokilumas had scored, and for us it was like, oh, come on, we need to win, we need to win so we can you know keep our place at the top of the table. And mm -hmm. when all hope was lost. Um, Andre Santos pops up, uh, like I say, 90 plus fourth minute and just, boom, he just comes off the post and he's just there to slot it home. Um, Honourable mention, the week after, it goes to Daniel Guiza. Um, I think that was the Bujasport game and it was 3-3 or I don't know what it was. Um, it was 3-2. Oh, no, no, it was 3-3. And I'm thinking, we, 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 no, it's Bujasport. We're playing way to fucking Bujasport. And it's 3-3, it's we need to win. And then, then Guiza pops up and he just dinks it past the goalkeeper, breaks down in tears, and there's a guy in a wheelchair going crazy as well amongst the fans. Um, I just remember watching that game at my friend's house in Watford and straight away, um, interview afterwards, he breaks down in tears as well, Danny Guiza. And the headlines was written already. We had so for me honorable mention but um i think the santos goal as well just because it was the the, the drama 90 plus four minutes and one nil and again a championship winning game against gazantes sport at home so um that is my personal goal of the season or goal of the decade should i say yeah yeah, yeah. uh yeah for me I think I have to go with Abu Bakar against Benfica after being 3-0 down at halftime, coming back to 3-3. Uh, unfortunately, it did not get us to the next round in the Champions League that year, but that was something we would do the next year. But it was just such a, a crazy moment in terms of elation, in terms of celebration. Uh, it was just crazy. Um, and, yeah, I think there's a, there's a lot of goals, a lot of amazing goals, of course, that, that meant a lot. Um, but I think that one was uh, was pretty pretty amazing, so I'm I'm gonna keep it at that. Uh, so from 
highs to lows. Let's quickly go over our biggest disappointment of the, the of the decade. Just one single example, please. Keep, don't go too long. But what was your biggest disillusion of the decade? I'm going to start with Umut. Disillusion? What? Yeah, disillusion. Your biggest disappointment. Ah, Just okay. Maybe mm-hmm. there's a maybe it's a match, a goal, a transfer. It can be anything. Well, uh, it's a really hard one, I would say. <laughs> That's mm. why I ask these questions. Uh, okay, uh, I would say um, the Kadikoy Derby uh, when we missed twice the winning strike. Uh, first with Tolga Giergi and second with Mykon's free kick, which hit the post and out. Uh, I would say it was too close. Uh, for a Kadikoy win after all these years, <laughs> but uh, there's a you know magic down there, uh, <laughs> doom, curse, whatever yeah, you call yeah. it. <laughs> okay, uh, Jakub, your biggest disillusion of the decade. I mean, the the obvious thing is probably the uh, the match fixing thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, like. Like a single match-wise, it will probably be the um, the Fener game, where um, where Van Persie murders you. No, no, no. Uh, oh, where okay. fucking uh, Valbuena, his 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 whole one meter and thirty-five body scored the last second goal and uh, fucking Fener was that Saich? Wasn't that Mihat Saich? No, it was uh, it was well, it was, uh, it was Valbuena. And. Um, Probably that one that we lost that game like one one because we played really great football. Uh, we yeah, yeah, we, we drew the game one one. Two was it one one or two two? I don't remember. One uh, one. Yeah, one one. Yusuf scored the goal on an uh, Abdul Kader um, uh, yeah. assist. All yeah. Right, right. Great goal. Yeah. Okay. Um, Uzar, your biggest disillusion of the decade. Uh, it's tough. Tough on this. Um, Robinson Zabata, maybe. Biggest flop player I've ever seen. 2011, or just about. Snyder seasons. leaving the club. Uh, I I can't I can't talk about that. It's just <laughs> too much. It's too much for me to to me to, to discuss. Okay. Not on my you're... birthday. Not on my birthday. Okay, okay. I won't I won't torture you any longer. <laughs> Burak, your biggest disillusion of the decade. Um, it's got to be wrongfully being accused of match fixing, which destroyed our <laughs> decade. The start of the decade, absolutely fucked over for completely the wrong reasons which are now coming out and destroyed the team that would have gone on to dominate for the 2010s that's it okay uh for me it's either going to be the dynamo kiev match which i just uh if it wasn't for the fact that we were already one nil down i would say completely 100% got fucked over by a referee in the Champions League where you'd expect the refs to have a certain level. But we were already 1-0 down, so we were already kind of fucking ourselves over, I guess. Although we were playing well up until the moment that uh, we got that ridiculous red card and that penalty. But apart from that, in terms of disillusionment, I think I have never, ever, ever been as disillusioned and on the brink of just giving up on Turkish football as two seasons ago, uh, the political fallout of the Fenerbahce-Bisiktas Cup game, 
Um, not so much for what happened in that match because you know shit happens sometimes in football, but the the political involvement of uh, the, the the two of the biggest political figures in Turkey just blatantly fucking over Besiktas and making forcing the Turkish Football Federation to ch- to go against their own rules just to make a decision that goes. That goes one uh, one particular way, and for me that was kind of that was the moment for me where I was almost like, you know what, I don't need this fucking this fucking shit in my life. Fuck them. I, I'm gonna, you know, I was on the, I was really so close. Like, there's nothing ever that got me to that point in football because football, you can't have the ecstasy of victory without knowing, you know, what it is to lose and what it is to be disappointed. But that to me went beyond football, and yeah, then yeah, you know, I, I I'm sure that. Uh, Can people... I also add one thing? Uh, uh, also, one disappointment I have in my mind is Salchikinans, uh, uh, you know, out, being out of form for y- years. You know, uh, you would have expect that kind of caliber player. Uh, he would be. Uh, so talented, like as uh, you call a wine, uh, you know, yeah. you would expect some kind of a, uh, attitude or, or fitness from him, but uh, he he he's over way too soon. You would have expected, you know. Uh, that's one of my disappointments from this decade. Uh, he, he was a real game changer at his prime, but then. What happened? I don't know. He's uh, he's over way too early, and that's yeah. You wouldn't expect that from the type of footballer he is. You would expect yeah. Him to you would trainer. expect him to be like Emre right now, how he is and yeah. how he just carries it seem, even though he's been uh, way past his age. You no. Know? Okay. Uh, well, I was going to talk about the controversy of the decade, but. It's kind of a moot point. I think there can only really be one answer to that, I think, and that is the the whole match-fixing scandal. Um, so in order to not open up that can of worms, unless somebody insists, I would like to move on to um, the next point. I have two more uh, topics before we, we, we can end this, uh, which is the first one is the flop of the decade. So the transfer that came in with the biggest... Uh, you know, bombardment, whatever, the, the biggest uh, headlines and ended in a dud. Uh, which one for you was the biggest flop of the decade? Uh, Jakub, I'm going to start with you. <clears throat> it doesn't have to be a Trabzonspor player, by the way. Just in general, the the, the, the biggest flop. I mean, you could pre- pre- you could probably form a whole team of all the Trabzonspor flops, so not let's not even get into that. Um, I think even though um, he was transferred in the 08-09 season it <laughs> it's um, I think it has it has to be Kuiza you know with with all the all the news and all the all the attention he got and everything I think it, uh, I think it has to be uh, Kuiza but if we talk more recently I think um, even though it's way too quick to to uh, to see him as a flop. I think Falcao's stay in Turkey hasn't been really positive at the moment. 
Um, but yeah, other than that, I can't really uh, think about one. Okay. Umut, biggest flop of the decade? Well, this one's hard as well. Uh... That's what she said. Uh, stop it. <laughs> well, stop setting him up then, God damn it. <laughs> uh, I think uh, it will be... Mm, recently, Falca has been uh, really devastating, but I I don't know if it's going to be there, uh, that way uh, for the rest of the season, but... Yeah, it's too early. I yeah, I could say... It will be uh, for me. Sig Tolson could be like okay. we paid him, and he didn't even appear in a single game. But did and you really expect him to do much? Yeah, because you know he, he came from that Iceland team that really made the impact on the Euros and the World Cups, and uh, he is the main goal threat they had. Uh, okay. Um, okay, Burak, your biggest flop of the decade. You're on. Uh, I know I won. And, um, it's tough. It's tough. Um, I've not given... I'm probably spacing on a lot of names, but for me it's kind of obvious who, it's, who it is. I know who you're gonna, I know who you're gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, okay. Um, I know you know. <laughs> I know you know. I think you mentioned it last week, actually. Um, oh, dear. Um, I'm going to go with Islam Slomani. I'm so predictable. Uh, okay, Islam Slomani. I get that. Um, Uzer, who's the biggest flop in your eyes? Uh, I think it's going to be Robin Van Persie. Mm-hmm. He came with such fanfare, and he was such an exceptional player in, in England. He lit, mm-hmm. he lit the Premier League alight for for many seasons, and he just didn't really deliver anything of note. In uh, scored in quite a few goals, but uh, yeah. Yeah, but he never really. You, you never think. Oh, remember that moment with Van Persie? That 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 game or that goal? That's that uh, left. He has one highlight, I think. I can't think of anything in particular. Getting us knocked out of the Turkish Cup was his oh. highlight. Well, there you go. <laughs> He's not going to. You know, it's true, Burak. You know, it's true. Yeah. That was his crowning achievement in. Uh, you know, the 15 million euros plus the 5 million that you paid in terms of transfer fee. So the 20 million euro investment all uh, all was worth it. You managed to knock us out and beat us at Vodafone Park for the first time, our first ever loss. I don't so, think it cost that much. That's something. Yeah, he did 5, 5.2 transfer fee, I think, and then 4.9 a year. So plus bonuses. Oh, yeah, well, you know. So, so yeah. My answer is also Robin van Persie, by the way. <laughs> Just because I think... I don't necessarily think he was terrible, because obviously he scored like 30-something goals in the time that he stayed at, at Fenerbahce, but he was injured uh, in, in opportune times, and I think when you make that type of an investment in a player, you expect them to have a big return, and that is at least a title, I think, and he just couldn't deliver that. Even though I think in that 2015-16 season... If you look at pure eccentric quality, which I have said quite a few times this season, uh, this this episode, I think Fenerbahce had the best squad. If you compare it to to Besiktas, who ended up winning that that, that title, uh, for me, Fenerbahce were the favourites and uh, just couldn't deliver. We had a nice grey kit, though. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I also hear you have a lot of uh, boxes full of uh, shirts with four stars on them. Uh, Probably in uh, Aziz Yildirim's uh, garage. I think they were (laughs) donated to the poor children of the Congo or something, so you might... (laughs) You might might see them being worn there around. So hope hopefully they've been put to been put to good use. Okay, then our final one that I wrote down at least, and if you guys have any suggestions, you can always do so. But the the transfer of the decade, the best transfer of the decade, and I don't know. I think it's obvious, but maybe people have a different idea. So, Uzer, let's start with you. Transfer of the decade. Uh... It's it's between Muslera for consistency or Snyder for the memories. Okay, I'll put you down for both then. Yeah, uh, Jakub, transfer of the decade. Uh, difficult. Um, as as I said, it's probably it's probably um, Muslera for for his his consistency. He's the he's pretty much the only one that had you know the Galatasaray fans had pretty high expectations of him, and mm-hmm. he pretty much did everything Delivered. they expected him expected him and to more. do. So it's it's probably Muslera. Yeah, Pulak, do you agree or do you have another pick? I'm going for Musa Sal. Okay, Gutsy. Yep. No additional information required. Uh... None, none needed. <laughs> Umu, it's uh, your pick. Transfer of the season. Transfer of the decade. Decade, sorry. Uh, Salchiginan uh, right. made an impact uh, and uh, two consecutive uh, and totally uh, five title wins under his name. Uh, really great impact uh, on Galatasaray. Uh, and I think he's a really game changer in whole Turkish football for his uh, era uh, as Mehmet Demirkol stated uh, at the time uh, whoever gets Selçukinan uh, gets the championship okay. and he was right and for me it has to be Fernando Muslera simply for the reason of I think how many titles the Gulf try to win this decade like four or five 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 and I think probably it would have been two or three if it weren't for him. And I, I honestly believe that. I mean, obviously, guys like Snyder play a big role. Drogba plays a big role. Gomis played his role. You know, there's always... Burak Yilmaz played his role. Selçuk played his role. But I honestly think if there's one common denominator, so to speak, if you were to change it, if you were to put another goalkeeper in there... Unless you get like a really good one, but I think if you put, for example, let's say a, a decent keeper, um, if you would put, for example, Onur Kivrak there or Volkan or Fabri or whatever, I honestly don't think Galatasaray would have five titles right now. Yeah, I agree. Agreed. So for me, it has to be Muslera. But in terms of doing great business, it has to be Atiba Hutchinson. He was free and he is on a low contract. He never made more than one million guaranteed in a year, which is kind of criminal if you think of all the wages that are being paid in Turkey. True, true. Yeah. Um, and you were going to make a yeah. point, Desert? Uh, no, I was just going to say... Um, well, actually, you know, I did want to cut you off there. Has everyone had their, had their moment to speak for the best? Yeah. Because I was just going to say, there were a couple of highlights of the, of the last decade in terms of uh, like one-off events that, that I will mm-hmm. just flash back to. So sure, go ahead. Who, who remembers in 2013 
probably the debut of the decade, or or in fact the debut of Turkish football history, Bjorn Flemings. Oh yeah, scoring four goals in a game in January 2013 on his oh, debut. Fantastic shout! How about Great that? Clue. How about Great that? Clue. Or um, or does anybody remember the own goal scored by Celtic Inan? That, that when Fernando Muslera was, was taking a goal kick, he kicked it. And the ball ended up rebounding off the back of Selchuk's boot and going into the goal. <laughs> no, I that was can't one of the most you. extraordinary own goals I've ever seen. Probably that's ever been scored in football. If you, if, you, if you check it out on YouTube, it's absolutely unbelievable. And then after that, uh, I think it was against Manisaspor now. They got, they got a penalty and Gala went 2-0 down at half-time at home. And then stage one of the great comebacks and won four two, um, but uh, that own goal was 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 absolutely uh, extraordinary. It's okay. against Oldersport. sport yes, that's it, that's it, that's it. Um, uh, guys, feel yeah. free to throw in some of these memories. Uh, I think that's a nice way to enter yeah. the, the episode. So, whoever wants, go ahead. I think qualifying for Euro two thousand and sixteen, uh, the national team. Um, I think was it the Selchuk free kick? Yeah, um, because Iceland, great. Iceland, and my my God, what a what a celebration that was! Tournament didn't work out quite so well, um, but I've <laughs> yeah. I've got happy memories of being Tough there. Tough group, though. Tough group, um, yeah. indeed. But we did score twice against the Czech Republic, and I think there's a stat that of all the the. Uh, tournaments or European championships that Peter Checkers played at, uh, Turkey have scored a quarter of the goals that he's conceded. Hmm. Would you guys agree if I said that this decade will be remembered, one, for Galtrai's dominance throughout the decade, really? Galtrai's quarterfinal in the Champions League, Turkey's amazing qualifying campaign for Euro 2020, Besiktas's unbeaten run in the Champions League, and uh, I think, would you guys agree if that or kind of, and of course the, the the match fixing scandal also. I think if you would say five moments that uh, the, the the this decade will be remembered for, would you agree that those are maybe the moments? I think I only mentioned four, so there's still one opening. Is there anything obvious I, I'm missing? I think that um, you can add um, the current the current national team with all the youngsters, so you can say that. Um, the, the resurgence yeah, of the youngsters. But I mentioned the qualifying and... campaign for 2020. Yeah, oh, so okay. That okay. kind of yeah. uh, is an umbrella for that, I think. Also, uh, maybe that also proving that a foreigner limit does not improve the national team, on the contrary. And not to forget, obviously, the the moment that um, Fatih Terim got his ass beat by the kebab chef, leading to, <laughs> leading to all of this. So that's also a good good thing. <laughs> Any anything else, guys? Any obvious things that stand out? I think uh, uh, Ali Koch coming in after twenty years of Aziz Yildirim, um, maybe more yeah. so for Ferrar fans. But when you think of the fact he's been there for you know twenty, you know twenty twenty plus years as a chairman, um, you know unheard of in this day and age almost for a chairman to be there for that long. But you know the ushering of in of a potential new era. Um, could be one thing because it's a big change, um, so that one sticks out to me. And and maybe less obvious so, but this has also been the decade of new stadiums. 
Yeah. All the new stadiums that have been Good opened. Yeah. Turk Telecom Arena, Vodafone Park, uh, the Chanel Gunesh Complex or whatever you guys are calling it in Trabzon there these days. Bursa's Timsa Arena, Antalya's new stadium, Konya's new stadium, Eskishir's new stadium. Kayseri! The, yeah, the list goes on and on and on. Uh, uh, was Kaiser this this decade? Yeah, no, that Kaiser was two thousand and eight, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That well, was one of the well, first uh, ones that started that trend. Well, fuck Kaiser anyway. And, so. and, <laughs> and the first one of this decade will be Gustepe, which opens this month. Yeah, against Vishikas. Um, yeah, yeah. It's gonna be cool. It's gonna be the first stadium in the world with a public park on its roof. A public park on this roof, well, really? Yeah. How about that? That's awesome. I didn't even know that. But is that something that's actually being completed, or is that something like the the retractable roof no, of no. Inter Telecom <laughs> Arena? Oh yeah, one day. <laughs> no, no, it's actually it's part of it's, it's it's it's. I've seen some photos of it. It's coming coming along nicely. Also, oh, interestingly, awesome. it's going to have uh, standing terraces behind the goals for the first time in Turkey too. So that might be something that we start noticing uh, going. Yeah, making different. a return. It's, yeah. yeah. I know Besiktas have submitted uh, to the TFF to um, have one of the stands being made standing stands because uh, obviously that's something that UEFA didn't want anymore due to safety reasons. Um, but uh, yeah, that's something that's making its return probably to get the cheaper seats, I think. I think that would be a good move for Turkish football, especially for the big clubs who have outpriced uh, the certain uh, sections of the population for sure. Okay. Anything else, guys, or shall we end it on that note? Well, I, I think we've exhausted so much. Um, I think <laughs> the listeners, you've you've had an absolute treat um, this episode, and we hope you've enjoyed it. That or they fell asleep. Uh, <laughs> I I wanted to lastly add. I I I thought it was weird that you didn't mention this con, but I think that the Feda movement that you guys had. That was a pretty pretty big thing, and yeah, team... but it didn't really work. <laughs> no, I mean it it, it worked We're and then it massively it. backfired. Yeah. Um, I think you know honestly, I think it would have worked if it weren't for the terrible economy, the the the, the crash that we had in Turkey. I think that 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 came at an, uh, the the worst time ever because I really felt like Bishtesh were getting out of the the the, the hole. And I think if it weren't for the economical crash that Turkey had, Bishtesh would be in a a good position right now but uh yeah that that was that could have been a good moment for turkish football in general because i think it 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 gave the right example to for other clubs to follow suit but um because it didn't really have a lasting effect i think that it's going to yeah i think it's something for example i i've been i don't know if you remember us there but Back in the 2000s, i was calling for a feda like thing that galtry should do that before they oh, yeah. uh, went on their amazing run with the Turk Tele- opening of Turk Telecom and stuff like that. But uh, I think for longevity, but now it just feels like with the current economical situation in Turkey, it just feels like whatever you do, it, it, it just doesn't matter anymore. I, I think I, I'm very much against the privatization of the Turkish clubs. But I think with the current economy in Turkey, the only way for the Turkish clubs to get out of the slump of, is, is by a really rich person, Ali, Ali Koç, to just simply flat out buy the club and just absolve them of all their debts. I think the current system is not, uh, not sustainable given the fact that we're not a euro country. If we were in 
the European Union and we would be using the euro and our economy wouldn't be so bad and our income wouldn't be in lira and our expenditures wouldn't be in euros, then I think the Turkish clubs would have amazing potential to become top whatever, top 20, top 30 clubs in Europe, but simply because of that economical deficit that there is between all these countries from euro countries and then our lira, it, it's just, I don't think it's possible right now. Uh, and I don't see it being possible within the near future. And maybe that's going to be the story of the 2020s. The privatization of Turkish football. We'll have to uh, come back to you in 10 years and uh, maybe we'll be talking about that. But uh, guys, I want to thank you very much for your contributions. The homework you did for this episode. Um, and also just uh, the, the great memories that have been shared. And for you listeners, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please let us know your highlights of the decade. Uh, also, go back and check out our bonus episode, which we did, uh, which we dropped uh, just a couple of days ago. Um, if you like the type of stuff, we may do that more often. Um, not tonight, because we have gone long enough. But uh, yeah, let us know what you think and let us know what your highlights were. Guys, thank you very much. Please bid your, the listeners adieu. Thanks for listening, adieu. guys. Thank you very uh, much. Thank you for allowing us to fill your ears with tales of Turkish football woe and delights for the last two hours. And I hope everyone has a healthy and happy 2020.